Ori Sisters Putea Sisters In this episode we ask Have our once beloved sci-fi fantasies become terror in our modern reality? How do we Netflix and chill with algorithms? Would you be interested in selling your plasma or your blood to Silicon Valley vampires? Is Halloween an excuse to disrespect other cultures? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Riddell Sisters podcast, where being black is about all of us, from Bordeaux to Brooklyn, from Chicago to New Bell. I'm Hélène Fossard. And I'm Iota Van. Hey, Iota, how you doing today? Hey, girl, I'm hey. good. Yes, it's, it's rainy, but we feel good. We have, like, the sun shining here in the studio. Yes. Najee is with us. Yo. Yeah, managing the sound. We're happy to be back for episode four. Yes. Thank you very much for all your support Mm -hmm. and your comments and uh, the conversations that you are suggesting we're having. Um, But I want to know, Ayoda, what do you want to speak about this week? Because many things happen. Yeah, and so first of all, I think we need to tell our listeners, too, that we're moving into a more frequent format. So we're going to be coming to you more often. Yes. Talking about more subjects, so we're going to go wider, not deeper, and then once in a while, we're going to be releasing an episode with deeper conversations, interviews, etc. So look out for us more often and talking about more things. So yes. what I want to talk about today yeah, yes. is I want to talk about some privacy issues. I want to talk about these crazy Swedish people and how they're microchipping themselves. Yeah, then we there, like, you know, the sci-fi we, we're watching on TV, it's it's real, guys. It's like for realsies. Well, is our sci-fi creating our reality or is our reality is creating our future, like potential sci-fi future? Mm-hmm. Same thing, I, I want to talk with you about, like, tech things, uh, artificial intelligence, um and how, like, you know, mm, mm, when you when you use all those tools and you merge it with immigration, it turns into something very, very threatening. Mm. And we're going to talk also about costumes and about cultural appropriation because, yeah, it's Halloween time. And every time at Halloween, we have, like, bad surprises, very bad jokes. And at the same time, it's the opportunity to talk about um, what is it? What is it? Is there a definition, clear definition? Mm. Um, what is our position on this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Ooh. let's talk about tech. Okay. So there's like a thousand stories that we could talk about, but I wanted to lead with the story about um, Swedish people microchipping themselves because I can't imagine this happening in America ever. Um, so I'm just going to read some of the story. Okay? You say you cannot see it happening? Not voluntary. Unless it's something like, sorry to bother you, and like people have to do it because of their jobs. But it might be a little bit of that anyway in in Sweden. Okay, so I'll just read a bit of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, This is NPR, October 22nd. But honestly, there's been a ton of like drip, drip, drip articles about this coming out in the press. So 
Um, in Sweden, a country rich with technological advancement, thousands have had microchips inserted into their hands. The chips are designed to speed up the user's daily routines and make their lives more convenient, accessing their homes, offices, and gyms. It's as easy as swiping their hands against digital readers. They can be used to store emergency contact details, social media profiles, or e-tickets for events and rail, rail journeys within Sweden. Okay, um, so a lot of people say that it's safe. It's around the size of a grain of rice, and the chips are inserted into the skin just above each user's thumb using a syringe similar to that used in giving vaccinations. The procedure costs about $180. Many of the early adopters come from Stockholm's thriving startup scene. Okay, and here's a guy called Eric Frisk who's quoted, and he says he's a 30-year-old web developer and designer. He was really curious and decided to get his own chip in 2014. When he moved into a shared house earlier this year, he organized a chipping party for his new housemates. So now all of the roommates have chips. And the article goes on and they and people talk about why they decided to get the chip. And um, I kind of just wanted to talk about this because I, I mean, think it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's the worst scenario. Like, we, for me, it's like, yeah, the pinnacle of, um, of, of what is uh, preparing as the worst. It's the beginning of really uh, Big Brother. Uh, we're there. Like, imagine, it's like having like a... And is that thing like is radioactive? Um, and when I say radioactive, I mean like a cell phone, like... like will be able to track you and know where you're going and you will have a GPS. Is it GPS um, you acti know, activated? You guys give, tell us if it's GPS activated. I don't know. Damn. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, I, I love sci-fi, but then suddenly I see like all the movies that I love, like all of them becoming reality. And um, It sounds like an American dystopian film, like it does. It does. But it's in Sweden. But you know, but it's interesting when you look at the transparency in the Scandinavian countries, they're so much more comfortable with government having a role in their lives. There's so much more trust there and maybe less of an abuse of trust that would give them this comfort. Because I just don't see Americans right, left, or whatever, at least Americans, I don't see us doing this. And I don't even see a lot of other European countries that would be willing to do that. I, I, like I don't... I, uh, why? Why? I mean, I think they you said it in the article. Convenience? Like, conveniency, right? But convenience. Is, did, do you need conveniency? That, you know, and, it, and it makes me think, too, like, it's in clear contrast to um, some of the other things that we see, at least in the U.S. Like, for those of us, for those listeners that aren't in the U.S., there's, the, there's been this case in the news recently about the Golden State Killer, and the way they found this guy is they had some DNA um, evidence, like they had a DNA sample of the killer but didn't know who he was, uploaded it to one of these genealogy databases in the U.S., and I'm not sure which one it was, if it was like 23andMe or Ancestry.com or whatever, they were able to identify his third and fourth cousins, and then they were able to identify the guy. And since then, there's been other articles coming out saying that, like, there's a super high percentage of Caucasian Americans, like, almost all of them, would be able to be identified using that methodology. It doesn't even matter if you gave your DNA anymore to the databases because there's such a concentration of data available now that they can tangentially 
locate you. This is scary. This is scary. For Caucasian Americans. Yeah, for Caucasian and, Americans. And that's probably one of the reasons, y'all, that you see so many ads with African Americans. You see minorities. They don't have enough of them in the database to be able to do that. So for what I know, I, I, I search a li- research a little bit um, about those um, ancestry um, website. Um, I think that uh, um, bla- blackancestry.com is one of the only one that is not, you're signing actually, the, in the agreement you're signing, they cannot share your DNA information. So we got a, the, to, to check this out, but I remember like really reading like the conditions of, of uh, you know, like utilization, whatever, subscription. Um, but um, blackancestry.com, uh, who are based, I think, in Maryland or in D.C., mm-hmm. are the only one who, yeah, um, are not like sharing your DNA information. So to be checked. But um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not anonymous anymore. I mean, uh, uh, if if you liked to be the one, like, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> that is like that we cannot recognize in a crowd. Too bad. Soon, and because you have a cell phone. Um, it starts with it starts with the cell phone, but what really creep, creeps me out um, is the potential utilization of this technology for terror. Mm. This is what is creeping me out when I hear news like um, artificial intelligence uh, being they are thinking seriously about in Europe about acquiring a whole like artificial intelligence system. Uh, that is acting as a light light detector, and uh, yeah. So when you will cross uh, the borders of Europe, you will have to take an interview uh, with a computer that will uh, say if you're lying or not, and and all of this. So, and if you have the chip, plus the chip, plus Amazon uh, selling their face recognition technology to ICE. Uh, and as you said, uh, Jeff Bezos says, uh, said he's going to make money from his technology. He's going to sell it to who, whoever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Bezos said, he's like, we're taking all, like, here, wait, I can probably find it. Anyway, go ahead. I'll yeah, find the well, quote. Uh, this is preparing a very, very somber um, future to me. Uh, crossing borders will become, like, very, very difficult I mean, it's been years I'm, I've been, like, talking about this, and, and some people were very skeptical. Uh, but again, my friends, I encourage you to get your passports now because it's going to be quite, like, you know, complicated. The more we're going to go, the more they, they want to, um, you know, um, control your moves. So, damn, do I want to be chipped? No. The chip- I microchipped my cat. I mean, honestly, like, but, but that was a cat and you know what? It didn't, um, the way that it worked is like somebody had to find the cat and bring the cat to a vet where they had the microchip reader and then they could read it and then like get this little, my phone number. You only were able to put a certain number of characters even onto the microchip, but I'm pretty sure this is not the kind of microchip we're talking about here. I mean, it didn't let my cat into the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Or stop him from crossing the border. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is kind of scary, though. I mean, uh, uh, 
it's crazy it's what would not be kind. like you know uh, in the name of convenience um, I fantasize too on sci-fi you know on a, on a I thought precisely that in 2018 we already had the how do you say teleportation yeah I'm ready for teleportation talk to me about teleportation but like cheap well, the, you know, remember the video you sent me about the guy? I think it was you who sent me the dude in China and they were using facial recognition and he was just walking through the store. And so basically, you guys, it's like some technology in a major supermarket in China. And it there's a lot of cameras that follow you throughout um, the store. And, and it marks every single item that you put in the bag. And so you can just walk out with the items that you want and it automatically is charged with your phone but it's all based on facial facial recognition and little weights and measures on all of the the shelves and i'm like how convenient do things really have to be like did it really bother you that you had to wait in line this new world is is crazy but i have the good news though is that this facial recognition is not working that well with black people and black complexion (laughs) The melanin is coming as our best savior to kind of like blur, you know, blur the lines. And I'm serious, guys. I don't know if you've seen like those tests that were done on like, you know, uh, computers, (laughs) uh, the the new computers that were uh, and phone equipped with this technology and... uh, and 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 it's it's amazing. Like yeah, the the technology has issues with black features. So I guess we save for the moment. You know, if 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 the, I really hope that our melanin is as strong as this. Like I know that black people have like superpowers and magical powers, and and I believe in the power of melanin. Yes, melanin is like my my invisibility cape. In a way. It's funny how we can be visible and invisible at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, I just like it. I think this is for a limited amount of time. They're going to perfect that facial recognition technology once they decide that it's in their interest to make money with black people. They'll make sure it works. Yes, and that's true. And that's <laughs> sad. article by John Cass and he said just a short time ago some of us born in the land of the free and the home of the brave were horrified by a sci-fi nightmare that we were told would never ever happen and that someday Americans would eagerly allow their wise corporate masters and eventually their government overlords to install computer microchips into their bodies to help them help quote unquote Uh, so we'll see we'll see what the land of the free is going to do with this um, you know tech Mm -hmm. A new, um, I would say, a trend, mm-hmm. which is about the micro microchip. But we know, guys, the already that artificial intelligence, uh, uh, facial recognition, uh, all of these like amazing things that we were like fantasizing on in 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 this movie. It's real. It's real. It's it's super real. It's too real. Another thing that is too real in tech and that really creeped me out. Another one. Have you seen, um, you, you're watching Black Mirror, right? Yes. Have you seen this episode where you had those uh, robots, robot dogs? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know that these things, these dogs already exist? Where? 
oh, it's already like uh, there's videos on YouTube. I've seen them like pack dogs like carrying stuff for military. Yeah, like like horses. Oh yeah, but me, I, I saw one that was like really creepy and like in like in Black Mirror that can go like both direction, like climbing the stair one way, coming down the other way, running, jumping, and if you remember in Black Mirror, that thing was like shooting at you. Yep. And and ooh, well, it's it's there already, and the plan is actually to sell this um, dog as a security system for your house. So it is now developed by companies uh, to become, uh, yeah, security, like, like in Black Mirror. And I, I wondered, so again, to, you know, it's like in, in French, I love adding a little French because it, it, it makes it exotic for the, for the show. Um, uh, est-ce que c'est l'œuf qui fait la poule ou est-ce que c'est la poule qui fait l'œuf? Uh, is it the hen that is like making the egg or is it the egg making the, he- the hen? Again, how much of the sci-fi uh, are we writing, you know? Um, how much are we making, uh, finally, uh, the worst scenario possible for our future? How much we're making it real? Uh, what really creeps me out at the end of it, uh, to finish this subject, is that um, there's so many scenarios, sen- scenarii, we can, we can write about the future. Like technology can be used to so many different use. Um, like in Black Panther, for example, um, what is this um, metal, this thing they have? The, the name vibranium. of the, the vibranium. The vibranium was, is used in the movie to heal. I hope I'm right about that. You know, it can be a weapon, but we're like using it for the best uh, use possible. I really regret that, yeah, we're not like doing the same with tech right now. We're like literally using like uh, our brain and, and our savoir faire experience and genius to implement um, control. Yeah, I, control. It's all about controlling people, and it, it's scary to um, to see that. I don't know, it, it's, it's interesting to see that I, there's always been a relationship between the Department of Defense in the United States and, and tech, because that's the origins of the internet and the telecommunications industry in the United States, et cetera, right? But it's interesting to see them saying, okay, well, we're going to use this as a home security system and sell it to regular consumers instead of going directly to the police departments, which they could in the U.S., and that would probably work just fine. But it's almost, in my opinion, more insidious to have regular consumers using it because it gets you used to having robot attack dogs. And what are all the legal consequences to that if they make a mistake? What if somebody hacks the dog and like the dog hurts you or hurts your toddler or I don't know. It's really, it's kind of like guns. It's like instead of, you know, we can sell more if we put it in every American's hand. See, that's the, 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 the problem. And as, as you mentioned, like uh, what was uh, dystopian is no more and um, will bring like serious, serious legal cases, serious responsibility cases. It's, it's, it's a real thing. It's a, it's a real thing. I wanted to add, because w- when you were talking about like, you know, selling technology and selling things that are not supposed to be sold, um, mm. another thing that creeped me out this week, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Halloween. Let's, you know, let's be creeped. <laughs> uh, this news about uh, 
this um, Silicon Valley investor, his name is uh, Ted... Oh, uh, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, who admitted in an interview that he's rece receiving transfusion of young blood. So he, he didn't deny when he was asked if, if, if he was receiving, uh, uh, you know, young blood injection. He just said, it doesn't make me a vampire. So what you were telling me, Erica, about like um, literally capitalism allowing finally any type of business. I mean, like, and now about like transfusing. So some people are transfused young blood for, I believe, like cell, um, cell renewal for, for staying young forever. For um, the company's called Ambrosia. Isn't that beautiful? <sighs> And it's about eighty eight sorry, eight thousand dollars to have the infusion to have a blood infusion a from a from a teenager. Yeah, to you as an old, you can have a blood infusion from a teenager. And what does it do? Like but and, 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 and the dude is saying it doesn't make me a vampire, but that's the whole principle of vampires. They live for eternity because they feed themselves on live living blood. So sorry. Yes, you are a vampire. Oh my god. Now I'm like I'm creeping even more because I'm like <gasps> all those movies and and the vampire stories and it's getting real, y'all. So it's interesting because uh, Gawker, who was kind of taken down and wasn't a favorite media outlet by um, T Peter Thiel or some other people in Silicon Valley, as well as Hulk Hogan. Anyway, Gawker did this article a few years back where they said that Peter Thiel was spending $40,000 per quarter, so <laughs> a few times a year, $40,000 to get regular transfusion from transfusions from 18-year-olds. Show me a picture of him. I mean, I, mean, I, I just, just want to make sure. I that mean, he doesn't really mean it. He's fine. He like looks like younger or something. He really looks like a vampire dude. <laughs> he, he's scary. Look at his eyes. Oh, scary. No, don't, don't, don't do that. I mean, unless you're sick and you're at the hospital and you really need it. Like, it, this is creepy. Here's a 30. The Ambrosia, crazy. the vampiric startup concerned, is run by a 32-year-old doctor called Jesse Carmazin, who bills $8,000 a pop for participation in what he's dubbed a study. So far, he has 600 clients. Median age is 60. So is this like a midlife, later life crisis thing? But really scary, and it reminds me of the, plas the whole plasma um, uh, oh, business, which is huge. I mean, we could do an episode on plasma alone. Um, and I'm sure that any of our younger listeners, especially those in schools, have, like my brother, maybe you've gotten a card, like a little debit card where you go and you give your plasma and then they put money on your, your card so that you can just go out and use it to buy books or whatever. If only you could see my face, my mouth is open and my jaw is touching the floor. What are you talking about? A card? Who's giving you this card? Who are you giving, you, who are you giving your plasma to? I I don't have the card, but my brother has a card, and it's like a it's like a debit card. It's like you, yeah. But where do you get the card? From the the plasma company where he's given plasma, and they put money on the card. 
and they're coming and they're coming and they they they're coming to your schools and to your universities and they're proposing you they're advertising yeah their advertising says like do you need money to buy books like here I would like love, give plasma. I would love listeners to uh, please send have us your opinion and and cause send I, us I pictures of the ads too from your campuses and 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 know if you're uh, for or against it. Like, would you would you do it or would you will you not? I think we can organize a little poll. I would like to know, yeah, where where we're standing. If it's something that is regular that everyone is thinking about, and if it's if it's just me tripping or if it's if it's okay. I would love to have your opinion on this. I mean, when I was in school and that was like the early 2000s, I already had friends that were doing this. Like they they didn't have debit cards at the time, but they were doing it like regularly. So wow. so they've just like upped their game now to giving people debit cards. That is something. That that that's worth a, a documentary or something. I would love to see a documentary about this somewhere. I want to know what you guys would give. Would you give a kidney? Give or sell, because now we're talking about money. Like, you know, we're talking about money. What would you sell? No, give is not a good question. <laughs> sell, that's fine. What would you sell? Your salmon, your eggs, wow. uh, your plasma, your a piece of liver, a lobe of liver, uh, an eye. Uh, I, I, I would love to know. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting one. I would love to know what you'll be ready to sell. Are you selling your heart? Are you selling your lungs? Oh, word. Okay, let's talk about Netflix. So I wanted to talk a little bit about these articles that are, are they're not really articles, but like things popping up on social media um, where people are saying they're seeing different Speaking of artificial intelligence and algorithms, et cetera, and people saying they're getting different ads for series and um, and movies. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're seeing, <laughs> they're making it look like black people are starring in certain series and movies, but they're not. They have like, they only maybe have like 30 seconds screen time or a minute screen time. Okay. So I'm trying to think. Okay. So here's one. Um, so here's uh, Tulani. Shoneye, I can't, I'm not saying your name correctly, honey, I'm sorry. And she says, it's intrusive, it's the dark side of marketing. I noticed it a while ago, there was a Zac Efron film I'd already seen, but Netflix kept showing it to me as a Michael B. Jordan movie. So basically, <laughs> yeah. let's talk, I, I kind of think it's funny because it's, um, it, it's this multicultural marketing technique that's being sort of shown for what it is. But what, go ahead, what were you going to say? I think it's pretty interesting because yes, I was I was I was targeted by Netflix too, who thought that I loved only Nigerian movies and and um, the, which is funny. Um, but to me, it's it's like you know, it has like two sides, two edges. Uh, first, I find it. I, I read these articles about like Netflix algorithm and and how they their politics and their uh, business plan and. I have to say that I'm quite like uh, amazed by it because it's it's clever, it's clever, guys. It's smart. It's clever. It's well done. Uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty smart. Um, but um, so the bad side is yes, you could you can think that yeah, this movie is about this actor 
or this character, which is not. Um, but again, uh, there is this quote that is saying, les yeux sont les plus... J'aime les images, mais je n'oublie jamais que les yeux sont les plus putes des sens. I love images, but I know that my eyes are, are whore. Like, what are we believing? We believe what we see, but if we believe that the whole movie is about this actor because we see one image, that's also a limitation, I think. But, but um, on the other side, I think it's an amazing opportunity um, uh, to now uh, consider the world in different lines and different territories than just like black and white and because the way algorithms are made in Netflix for what I understood is that they're creating all those subcategories um, and and really tracking like what you love so again we're like we 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 black but we're like in so many different uh, genres we love so many different things and yes we can be black and nerd and yes we can we can be a, a surfer and black and yeah and 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 find suddenly some some movies that we can relate relate to and i think it's 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 actually opening the world opening opening our views so in 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 this idea of being conscript um targeted yep me, I don't see it as uh, close and narrow. I actually see it as an opportunity, actually, to be part of universality, to go bigger and transcend the different genre and groups where I would have been traditionally, um, you know, put put um, in. And um, I agree. I think yeah. that I think Netflix is interesting because you have access to all this content from around the world and you can tell that it's a, a learning algorithm right so yeah there was a time where it was serving me a lot of Nigerian movies because I watched one or two okay but then it started serving me like all these like um mangas like Japanese anim animated films and now it's serving me a lot of like nature documentaries so it's a learning algorithm it's trying to understand you if you are getting served, <laughs> and I'm speaking like a marketer because how marketing works now, especially multicultural marketing, is it's less and less about demographics and more about behavior because behavior is much more predictive in terms of who you are as a person. It's more important. Class, behavior, your actual preferences are much more important than and more predictive of what you'll actually consume and what you'll buy than just your race. So if you're seeing a bunch of like very African-American stuff, that probably means you've been mostly consuming that. But you can totally mess up their algorithms by watching some other stuff. So I say mess up their algorithms and explore and have fun with the library because there's like a lot of stuff in there. Um, but what is interesting too is that uh, the way the company function is that in their... Um, Show them it doesn't work, that that's not the right way to do it. Well, I don't know. I think it's actually pretty pretty much working because what's happening is that with those 2,000 microclusters that they are creating, sub-genres are suddenly like showing up. And they realize also that there's some missing content in some certain genres. Yeah. And so they will invest some money to create content or pursue and search for the content that will fill 
this subgenre. Yep. So it's literally giving us wings. Yeah, to, like for, for all the artists and the creators. Suddenly, you were doing your thing. You were the only one. You you were the one thinking uh, that uh, this your movie or your documentary will relate only to certain people, and then you find your crowd. And then, which you, is yeah. amazing. Or like here, this woman said there were thirty minutes of a rom com I watched last week because I thought it was about the black couple that I was shown on the poster. I want to see those stories. They know I want to see those stories. Why don't they just make more of them? Great question. But you know what? Now they know that her and hopefully other people like her, they saw the the movie poster. They watched it. They dropped out at a certain period of time because they didn't give you what you were asking for. So hopefully they're going to go out and finance more things like that. Exactly. But, But in the meantime, there's a lot of other interesting stuff out there. That's all I'm saying. Yes. I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan, only because of their international library. I just think True. it's wonderful. True. I think it's wonderful, too. And I know that there's a lot of um, initiatives also in the black world about creating, like, a black Netflix. Yeah. Um, there is this dude in France who tried and actually failed. Um, I think his enterprises uh, last three years. He did a deal with TF1, hmm. uh, a commercial um, equivalent of HBO in France. Um but it didn't work that much. Um, I don't know why. I think he was not a good money manager. I think that's what I read in the article. It's not that the business model was wrong, and and the guy was like acquiring great content and everything. It's just that he was not um, a good um, money gestionnaire um, manager. Voila. The last thing I wanted to talk about is real quick is about. Um, cultural appropriation and I don't even like the term because I mean it has no real definition what does it mean cultural appropriation huh what does it mean me I'm, I'm, I'm well, I will start my subject like that because I live in America I'm French I eat burgers I'm wearing jeans um, I speak English I listen to American music I dressed Sometime I have this uh, beautiful tie, traditional tie uh, gown um, that was um, made just for me. I have two like this, and when I when I wear it, I look stunning, and and I don't feel like I'm doing cultural appropriation when I'm doing this. And this week, because it 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 happens like every year on Halloween uh, time, <laughs> you always have like controversies and characters that are. Uh, you know, uh, getting like in, in the for- forefront. So this year was about Megyn Kelly being fired from uh, NBC for uh, saying that it's okay uh, to wear a black face. And then we had on the other side Al Roker, uh, who um, turned himself into being... Um, Professor, you know, in a Back to the Future, the movie, Doc Brown, he turned himself into Doc Brown and, and created a backlash when actually people reproached him that why would you tweet about Megyn Kelly justifying, I mean, saying it's okay to wear a black face when you yourself, like, you know, you're uh, wearing a costume as Doc Brown. And he answered, dude, there's a difference. The only difference is we can like incarnate c- 
characters and all of that. It's okay to turn yourself into an African um, car African descent character or something. Just don't blacken your face. So it was interesting, his answer, because when he turned himself into a dog brown, he didn't whiten his face, mm -hmm. right? He didn't whiten his face. He had, like, white hair, but he kept his natural complexion black. And he's saying that w literally, basically, white people, you can definitely impersonate or choose a costume of an Afro-descendant character, just don't blacken your face. This is where it gets offensive. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting. So, so then you wonder, so when am I correct? When is it okay? When is it not okay? Um, uh, I saw also the same article about uh, Black Panther costumes. Like people wondering, like can my white families wondering, is it okay for my child to wear like a, a black... I'm losing my words, guys. Uh, uh, Black, Panther. Black Panther costumes. Yeah. Is it okay? Because, uh, yeah, I think she's afraid of the backlash. And I, I don't know. And people kind of... I think the truth in here is don't offend. And I'm glad that we have like characters that can inspire white people and that they want to you know, uh, impersonate. Every year we have like a lot of white people wanting to be uh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Every year you have a lot of people Who wanting to Who doesn't want to be Snoop Dogg? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's okay. Me, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is where education is working. Like this is where, wow, yeah, you know, I'm glad that we have in our culture references and, and um, it's just like don't offend you know, intentionally, don't make fun, don't assert power by wearing your costume. I think that's a rule. And if you don't know, then ask. It's very easy. Or do your research, you know. Um, again, like... Who so was Al Roker supposed to ask, though? Was he... He was just who? supposed to... I wonder who, like, Al Roker was supposed to ask, though. Like, he probably feels like, well, I grew up watching... Back to the Future, like everybody else. And, like, why do I need to ask somebody if I want to dress up as Doc? I don't know. Anyway. And I I'm just, it seems to me like you're saying ask, but I, I think white people are like, well, I want to be asked. Well, to me, it, it, it should be okay. It should be okay that you want to, you know, you want to you wanna wear something different. You want to, you feel that, you know, you look good. Um, you, you're comfortable in, in, in what you're wearing. Um, you did your research. You know that you're not offending. You're not, for example, wearing a, a traditional uh, funeral gown uh, to go to, I don't know, you know, that type of things. Like, um, culturally, there's certain jewelry that we wear, you know, at certain time and certain fabric that we'll wear only at certain time. It's that type of thing that maybe we need to be a little more curious about. But mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. for me, there's a difference in between like cultural appropriation and, and cultural exploration or cultural inspiration or cultural interest. And all of these cases shall not be seen through the prism of racism. It can only be sometimes interest. It can be really, and um, and I'm the first one like having, I, I, we, did, we, we as Lenovians, we call our style like urban Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, but we're fetching pieces, uh, jewelry from 
all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you you will want to know, okay, this type of jewelry, you will ask in Kenya, when do, when do you wear it? Is it a special piece? Um, in We have pieces that are like, um, how do you say, uh, cash sex? Um, oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to, to say in a... Like a loincloth? Like a... Yeah, but it's more like a piece of jewelry. It's okay. made. It's made from calabas. Oh, okay. Um, and it is uh, uh, something that uh, the girls are wearing oh. uh, for a certain traditional dance. Um, so you know that you you may not use it. You know, at certain times, just really mm-hmm. um, about that. But um, it's true though that what we choose to wear has real power. Yep. Um, it it has real power, but um. I would rather see articles about, uh, yes, cultural exploration rather than cultural um, appropriation. Agreed, and 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 framing not every and not always framing things as is this instead of. Ugh, I'm gonna back up. We could be looking at each other and saying, "Oh, look at this person who's going on a journey and trying to understand this other." I'm not talking about. Uh, Al Roker's costume because that's just pop culture but like um, but instead you know think okay there was a girl who wore a um, uh, oh a traditional um, I'm not sure if it was Chinese dress to her prom and that created like a big stink in the United States but then in Asia they were like oh that's nice she's wearing that that she appreciates us so I think Americans can sometimes take a few steps back and like breathe <laughs> and try to think, am I, you know, instead of always asking, is the person appropriating, just ask, well, what were the person's intentions actually? Exactly. In the first place. Exactly. Um, and I would say though, there's a minor, I mean, my little like uh, reserve mm. about that is it's okay when individuals are doing it like on a, regular basis and it's just like for their personal life i would say when it becomes commercial this Mm -hmm. is where i'm getting like really really mad um for instance all those um designers haute couture designers um using wax prints Mm. um Mm -hmm. literally stealing also some of the style because we in Africa we have a traditional way to do our cuts and stuff and suddenly you see it like on the catwalk and everything when it becomes commercial then it's appropriation to me Mm. and exploitation it will not be if this brand or designer decide first to acknowledge and two to give a tribute or pay Mm -hmm. or find a way to um again, pay the royalties, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, to the person who this art or who this culture belongs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, mm-hmm. it, it seems important. Like, there's no way you're going to use, there's no way you can take a picture of the Eiffel Tower and make it and, and, and do a do business with it. Did you know that? Yeah. There's no way you can take a picture of the Eiffel Tower, turning it, for example, into a print for a gown or even for a postcard and selling it, no, you can't. It's copyrighted. You You will have to pay money to someone. So the same thing, this is where the only limit for me is when it turns into commercial. Mm. 
Kendrick Lamar and this girl mm -hmm. for the video. You know, they stole somebody. I'm sorry. They will mm -hmm. have to pay. Um, so when 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 we now stealing um, for commercial reason a style of, I remember I uh, mm -mm, I don't remember the name of the designer but they were like a designer who did a whole collection copying the traditional top that Mexican women are uh, using are wearing um, and it's a special tribe living in the mountains and it did a whole like thing because she copied it like exactly the broideries were the same and mm. everything and um I don't know if they could like get some money from it, but for me, yeah, this is cultural appropriation. This is actually cultural exploitation, mm. um, and this is my limit. This is where I draw a line. Yeah, but if you wanna, if you wanna wear your, you know, yeah, tie dress or Russian uh, hat or, hey, franchement, be an international or be a citizen of the world. Yes, do it. Thank you so much, everyone, for being with us for episode four. Uh, stay tuned for episode five. Again, we would love to have your feedback about one, would you sell one of your body parts or fluid? Because now it's like part of the, uh, of the, 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 the capitalism. Uh, it's, it's on the market. It's on the market, guys. Like, would you sell a, a kidney? Would you sell your blood or your plasma? We'd love to know this. Uh, have your feedback on this and uh, again we invite you to you know present us with themes ideas subject we want to hear your feedback written or live audio you can leave us also audio messages thank you so much everyone for tuning on rebel sisters take care